What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? On today's edition of Sports 360, we're talking playoff baseball with our resident baseball expert, Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. MLB's postseason is upon us, and Rob drops by to offer his analysis and to serve up his predictions in each of the eight series on tap. So come on, let's get into it as the hunt for October begins on Sports 360. Today on Sports 360, I am joined by Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports, who uh, joins me to talk MLB playoffs. Rob, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Jeff, man. It's, a, it's great to be back on here talking playoff baseball. Playoff baseball. Um, you know, we're sitting here talking on um, September 28th, um, and postseason kicks off tomorrow. Um, by the time this airs, it'll be uh, a few hours probably before first pitch. We have a lot going on over the next several days as we have expanded playoffs, 16 teams, eight in each league. So have a lot of baseball coming up, man. A lot of playoff baseball. So I'm sure you and a lot of baseball fans are really happy about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, tomorrow's jam-packed. We have games at 2, 3, 5, and 7. <laughs> so it's literally baseball heaven, baseball all day. Uh, I can't wait, man. It, it's exciting. This this season, you know, we've talked about it in the past. This season was a big question mark, but we got through it. We're here. It's postseason baseball. What more could you ask for, Jeff? Postseason baseball is finally here. Yeah, I mean, and look, and, and, you know, we had some exciting finishes, at least in terms of who was going to be in and out, <clears throat> especially in the National League. Um, went right down to the last day um, before the teams were set. So here we are. We're ready to go. And, you know, looking forward to hearing your analysis of each of the series along with your predictions um, for who's going to come out on top and move to the next round. So why don't we just jump right in, man, and, and, and go to the start with the National League and you know, let's start with the one-eight matchup, which has the Dodgers and the Milwaukee Brewers. Tell us so, about that one, Rob. I seem that this one should be quick. Yeah, I, I think the Dodgers are going to take this one fairly easy. Maybe it's a sweep. Um, you know, it's a three-game series. So the the funny thing about three-game series is, and you and I kind of joked about this earlier. You can accidentally lose two games, two out of three, and you kind of move on in the regular season, but here, you lose two out of three, you're going home, you're done. But I think this one versus eight, Milwaukee had a good run, kind of like what they've been doing the last few years, just kind of sneaking in right at the end. Um, but the Dodgers are a powerhouse, man, and, and I've been saying it all year. They're playing on a different level, on a different playing field than everyone else. I don't see them having much trouble um, against Milwaukee. As good as Milwaukee played towards the end of the season, the Dodgers are next level. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I think it would be 
a huge upset for the Dodgers to get bounced um, by Milwaukee. Um, the Dodgers have been, you know, the best team pretty much all all season, and they finished playing well. And the Brewers kind of sputtered. Um, they got into the playoffs, even though they lost to St. Louis, but they got help right with um, the Giants um, also losing. So, you know, to me, Milwaukee kind of backed into the playoffs. Um, yeah. where the Dodgers have been clicking. And um, I would expect the Dodgers to take that one. Not not much going on there. And that's the 1-8 matchup. Um, but I think things start to get interesting after that. Um, what about the 2-7 matchup where you have Atlanta and Cincinnati? That one is going to be – that's probably my favorite series of, of the National League in this wildcard round. Uh, these are two very good teams, and I know Cincinnati's season wasn't as expected. I thought they would win the, the the division, actually, going into the season. But they got hot at the right time. Their pitching picked up. Trevor Bauer, probably my pick for Cy Young for the National League. The dude is pitching out of his mind, striking out the world, pumping his chest, and all this stuff, you know, striking guys out. It, it's crazy turnaround that that team had right towards the end of the season. And Atlanta, you know, they're, they're, they're young, they're hungry, they have a great mix of veteran talent as well on the roster. Um, oh, this is a, <laughs> it's a tough one to pick. I'm going to wing it here, and I'm actually going to pick the upset. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. You know, it, but it's in keeping a little bit with what, you know, you talked about um, when we were on last time, where you said, come playoff time, you know, good pitching you know, handles good hitting. And, you know, Cincinnati has good starting pitching. And in fact, overall, their pitching is pretty good, right? Um, I think I think they're second in the National League in earned run average. Um, but, you know, they have Bauer, um, they have Gray. Uh, Castillo was pitching pretty well until he got touched up a little bit by the Twins in his last outing. But because yeah. um, Atlanta can hit. You know what I mean? They're they're one of the better hitting teams in in baseball, but Cincinnati's one of the better pitching teams in baseball. So you know it may be as you had said, you know, on our last uh, uh, podcast that this could be a situation where good pitching handles good hitting. Yeah, and I think that's what's going to ultimately be the deciding factor in that series. As great as like you said, as great as Atlanta is. I think Cincinnati's pitching is just going to make the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, though, Rob, I will tell you, I I, I kind of would lean toward Atlanta on this one, only because I think Atlanta has something to prove from last year. I, I, I they, think they're, yeah, they you know, again, I, I keep coming back to St. Louis, and you know how I feel about the Cardinals um, <laughs> and, and how St. Louis beat them last year. And I think the Braves have something to prove. And, you know, I think they are a very good team that seemed to me really didn't get their due this year. I mean, there was a lot of talk about a lot of other teams and Atlanta didn't really seem to get their due. And I don't know if perhaps they're being uh, underestimated, you know, Um, but 
Atlanta is a good team, but I could see this one going either way, but I'm going to lean toward Atlanta on this one. Um, what about Chicago, Miami? First of all, what about those Marlins, man? Marlins made the playoffs. They made Derek it. They Pete made it. Back in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, you know, they, they benefited the most of any team in baseball from the shortened season because they're one of those teams that when we were wondering if the season was going to start or when the season actually started, one of those teams that they were young and they're just going to go out there and play ball. They're going to go do their thing. And they get hit with this crazy outbreak, and they, they're signing random guys left and right just to fill in the roster. And somehow they're here, and they're the sixth seed in the playoffs. And, you know, I don't, they're not going to win the championship, but they have a shot at it, which is amazing. And, and it's kind of – it sums up the beauty of baseball. So when you look at this matchup with the Cubs, who do you like? I'm going to go with Chicago, but I'll tell you what. I think Miami is going to make it interesting, and they're going to win a game. Um, I don't know if it will be the first game or the second game, but Chicago will ultimately take it, um, and they'll move on. Miami will have will make a little bit of noise, I think, in one of the games. They won't get swept, but uh, Chicago's playing really good baseball this year. And they're another team, I think, that maybe they haven't spoken about them enough and how good they're doing. But Chicago has played some really good baseball this season. Yeah, I think part of what happened with Chicago is they got off to a really fast start. And and then from there, they didn't seem to get better. You know, they seemed like they treaded water a little bit. And maybe that's why, you know, it wasn't a lot of buzz coming out of Chicago. Um but I'm with you in terms of Miami. I think it's a remarkable story given what they've gone through this season with the outbreak at the beginning of the season. And you know what's the other thing, Rob, that is something to keep in mind. Miami on the road this season was 20 and 14. Yeah. So, you know, playing away from home, you know, they seem to relish that, you know, and so you know, being the road team here uh, is not, you know, given, you know, if the regular season's any indication, it's not really that big of a deal. And quite frankly, I think Miami, probably of all the teams in the postseason, has to feel that they're playing with house money from jump. Yep. So I definitely 100% agree with that. Yeah, they probably have no pressure on them. And, and sometimes, Rob, that's the toughest team to play. The yeah. team that, like, they don't, well, we lose, we lose. You know, because they, you know, they're there. And, and they weren't supposed to be there, according yeah. to the experts or whatever. And I think Miami fits that bill. And so they could be a little bit of a dangerous team, but, you know, um, who knows? I, I, again, I think there might be some upsets, and why not the Marlins, right? So, but we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens in that series. Um, we then move to the four or five series in the National League uh, between the San Diego Padres. You talk about a team that's been playing well. The Padres have really been, um, you know, one of the better teams in the league all year, and the, the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, I'm just going to get it out the way and just tell you what I think, because you know 
right? I don't root for the Cardinals. <laughs> I don't like the Cardinals. And I want to see the Cardinals go home. So I'm picking San Diego in this one. <laughs> oh, man. I, I agree with you. I think San Diego takes it. Um, I think this will go the full series, though. I think that it's an intriguing matchup. But I think um, a lot hinges on the health of Clevenger, and I don't know what the most recent update on him is and his injury, if he'll even be available this series. But um, I think it's going to go the full games, and I think San Diego will, will take this, year, this series. Yeah, I mean, I think the the question marks for the Padres, you know, pitching um, is yeah. is the big factor here. And as much as I don't like St. Louis, you know, the thing is, is that they always tend to play well in the postseason. You know, like they know what to do once they get there. And many times they are a a hard out. And that might be the case here as well. You know, my my pick is more of from a rooting standpoint then from a analysis standpoint, um, <laughs> so I'm rooting for San Diego to come out on top in, in, in this one. And you know what else too, though, it would be good to see a team like San Diego advance, right. And play as, yeah. as, as much in the postseason as possible. Um, you know, for those who haven't got a chance uh, to see Tatis Jr. play, it'd be it'd be good for that, you know, for that to take place. So I'm rooting for San Diego, and hopefully they can make some noise this postseason. Yeah, that'll be great. And you know, it, it's it's what the game wants. They want to see these young guys in the big stage in the bright lights. And Tatis Jr., you know, hopefully, like you said, they do kind of move forward in the playoffs and all that stuff because it'll be great for everyone to see this kid on a on a global stage what he can do. Okay, so right now, if we look at the National League, if I have it right, you have the Dodgers taking care of Milwaukee, Cincinnati with the upset over Atlanta, and then Chicago over Miami and the Padres taking care of business against the Cardinals. So um, that's how you have the National League um shaping out um shaping up um let's go to the american league and again let's start at the with the one eight matchup and and there we have the tampa bay rays um one of the better teams obviously in all of baseball uh, and the toronto blue jays what do you see there i think this this series is going to surprise people i think they're going to go the full series also i think ultimately tampa bay will win the series but I think the Blue Jays are going to give them a run for their money. Um, the Blue Jays, they're a very weird team, I guess you can say, you know, because they look really, really good, but then sometimes they'll look really, really bad. Um, but I think Tampa's consistency is what's going to make the difference in this series, and it'll go the full length, I think, and I'll give the advantage to Tampa. Yeah, I think it's hard to go against Tampa. Um, you know, a team that has really shown itself over the past few years to be one of the up-and-coming teams. Um, played well in the postseason last year. Came out this year, handled business. 
uh, captured the AL East. Um, and so I, I think you have to go with Tampa uh, in this one. Um, but again, I mean, you know, Toronto, you know, another nice young player in, in Bichette, you know, yeah. again, the nation might get a chance to see some of this young talent. And I think that's one of the things, too, that MLB has to be happy about. Um, you know, when you talk about a team like Toronto and Bichette and you have San Diego and Tatis Jr. And as we're going to talk about in, in a second, some of the talent on the Chicago White Sox, um, mm-hmm. you know, is an opportunity for some of these uh stars young stars to shine um so we'll see with toronto and tampa uh see if you're right and and toronto can give them a run for their money um but let's talk about oakland and the white Sox. this is an intriguing one rob because neither team i believe ended the season the way they wanted to especially chicago right the last time we spoke rob i mean chicago was at was was I believe they might have been right behind Tampa or they were in front of Tampa by half a game for best record in the American League. And then they ended the season losing eight out of their last 10 and ended up in the seventh spot. But Oakland's been scuffling too, losing five out of eight. So neither team playing their best baseball heading into this series. So how do you see this one shaping up? This is probably my, you know, Yankee fandom aside, my probably the series to watch. I think in the in the wild card round, uh, so both two to seven seeds and on each side. Um, this is another tough one because, like you said, they're not playing great baseball, but when these two teams turn it on, they turn it on. And the White Sox have a lot of young talent, and um, I know Lewis Roberts started the season on fire, almost running away with Rookie of the Year. And he kind of slowed down a bit. The game, I think, caught up to him a little bit. Um, man, I'm going to give the edge to Oakland on this one. I think they – I don't – oh, man, it, it's tough. <laughs> I think Oakland, is, is they they have the experience, the postseason experience. The White Sox are, are brand new into this. And I think that that little bit of experience – it's going to make the difference for this series. And I'm, I'm going to give the edge to Oakland. Yeah, this, this is intriguing because I think, you know, Oakland, you know, based on recent years, you know they're one of the better teams in baseball. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're the second seed. You would think that, you know, they would be well-situated to take this series. But that Chicago White Sox team is really intriguing, very, very talented. And again, this is another one, Rob, where the short series could make a difference, right? If it was a five-gamer, seven-gamer, you know, maybe you call this one differently or it's a clearer choice. But this one is sort of a a little bit of a toss-up in in a sense because it's it's just, you know, a three-gamer. And the White Sox are talented, and we'll see what happens. But they haven't been playing well. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, this is probably, again, more of a rooting one for the White Sox. It's different from the St. Louis one because I don't root against Oakland. You know, um, St. Louis 
You know, I had to come back to them because I just want to say again, I don't like St. Louis. <laughs> um, <laughs> but here I'm going to I, I probably pick the White Sox on this one. It's a little bit of an upset special. Um, and it'd be nice to see Chicago and some of that that young talent advance to the next round. Yeah. Um, OK, now is now we get a little bit interesting with Minnesota and Houston. And and here's the funny thing about Houston. One only team of the 16 teams in the postseason with a losing record, right? Yep. So the only team. And I got to tell you, it's really something, you know, but because they finished second, they're a six seed. You know what I mean? They finished second in their division, which, you know, yeah. but they have the worst record of anybody. Uh, in, in the postseason. Um, and of course, Houston came into the season as the team everyone loved to hate because of, you know, the sign stealing scandal. Um, and here they are now um, playing Minnesota, a team that, you know, I thought was fading a little bit, Rob, but then turned it on toward the end. Um, so Minnesota playing well. Houston hasn't really caught its stride all year. How do you see this one? I'm, I think the Twins are going to sweep them. I don't think Houston has the firepower this year. And listen, um, Houston united the world of baseball like nothing else I've ever seen in my life. The way every team, we're talking about Yankees and Red Sox fans united to, to, to hate the Astros. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. Um, but I think they just don't have it this year. It's not. You know, Altuve struggled all year. I, I don't know what the final line on his on his stats were off the top of my head, but I think he was hitting in the low 200s for the season, and I think that's where he ended. Um, he made constant errors, like mental errors on the field, gave up the error to lose a game the other night. I don't think Houston, I don't know if it was the going into the way with the sign-stealing scandal and just having that, that monkey on their back or what it was, but I think the Twins are going to sweep this series. Yeah, um, I I don't hold out much hope for, you know, for Houston. Um, and you're right, Altuve had a had a really tough season. I just looked up some of his stats. He ended up hitting 219 this year. Wow. Um, which you know for, you know, a guy like him, you know, he's a career 311 hitter, and he hit 219. So he he scuffled all year. Um, and and obviously. I think he seemed to me to be very sensitive to the sign stealing scandal, right? Yeah. Um, you, you know, you saw Correa um, before the season began was defending Altuve, saying he didn't take part in it, you know. Um, and then, of course, you had that infamous video after he took Chapman deep to mm -hmm. end the the um, the series last year against the Yankees where he's saying, no, 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 don't grab off my shirt. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think that bothered him as well. Um, and then, of course, he was he was dealing with some nagging injuries as well. So I think it was just overall a very, very tough year for Altuve and the Astros. And I don't know if they have it in them, Rob, to all of a sudden turn everything around. So I'm with you. I look for Minnesota to take this one. Which leaves us oh, with boy. 
the Cleveland Indians against your beloved New York Yankees. And let, let's before before getting into the series, um, you know, on our last podcast, uh, the Yankees were playing well. I think they had won 10 games in a row, if I'm not mistaken. And yep. they were playing well. And it seems as if we might have put the, the hex on them because after talking about how great they were and singing their praises, after our show, <laughs> they started to scuffle a little bit, Bob. And they, their, their positioning got a little precarious there. Um, how, how do, but then they seem to write the ship. So how, how do you view, first of all, the Yankees and how they finished the season? Um, they definitely took a couple steps back. Just, they went back to that, um, playing mistake, mistake baseball, you know, not good baseball, especially defensively. It was just constant mental errors and just not making the plays you have to make. And a lot of that led to to runs being scored on them or innings being extended, things of that nature that just kind of they kill the momentum of the game. And I don't know what it is about them playing in in Buffalo against the Blue Jays, but I, I, they just can't play well there, <laughs> apparently. And I'm glad we never have to go back there again, hopefully, because they just they just not they're not the Yankees when they're in Buffalo for whatever reason. And, you know, they went against the Marlins and they had stuff to play for. It's not like the Yankees, just because they clinched their good, they were fighting for seeding and they couldn't deliver against the Marlins either. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's tough because they're, they they come off that 10-game winning streak. They, they look horrible before that. Then they look unstoppable. And then now they're shaky walking into these playoffs. And it's funny because you, you said we put a hex on them, but we also spoke about Cleveland in the uh, the last podcast, That's and I said true. they're one of those teams that uh, they're hot and they're cold. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about them. And all of a sudden, I think they won six in a row after I said that. So I don't know who in Cleveland is listening to this and told the Indians something, but <laughs> they, yeah. they went on fire when they heard me. So I, I don't know, man. It's going to be a tough, tough series for, for both teams, I think. Yeah. Now, I expect, though, that you're still going to go with your Yankees. You're going to ride them to the end. So I'm just I'm just penciling in your prediction uh, as the Yankees taking this series, unless you want to tell me different. I'll tell you what, I think it's a very tough series and. Every game one is a must win for both teams, I, you know, and I know it's a short series, so game one is a must win for everyone. But for this specific series. Game one is the series, I believe. And you have Shane Bieber and Garrett Cole. After that, you know, it's Tanaka and Carrasco. So, you you know, it's kind of a toss-up, I think, with those two guys. So I think this Bieber versus Cole matchup is the series, and whoever wins this takes it. And I do think that the Yankees will win this series. And not just because I'm being a fan. I think they'll have – I think they'll touch up Shane Bieber just enough where Garrett Cole has the breathing room to be able to pitch himself and even maybe pitch the contact and um, just pull the win out of, out of it. Yeah, and again, Rob, this is one of those interesting ones where, you know, we all know that the Yankees bring a lot of firepower, especially with the long ball. 
right? I yeah. mean, they went on some ridiculous streaks, you know, you know, to end the season, you know, and they were hitting five, six home runs like every day, <laughs> right? Um, and so they definitely can, you know, can hurt you and punish you with the bats. But uh, again, I come back to what you said before about the good pitching. And Cleveland has the second lowest ERA in the majors, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, trailing only the Dodgers. And so, you know, y- you have that sort of a- at play here. And again, how much of that actually plays itself out in a short series? I don't know. You know what I mean? It all depends on the matchups, especially when you start getting into the bullpen and, and what have you. Um, and, and the game situations, but, um, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, look in every three game series, game one is going to be important. Right. Yeah. But I think for these particular teams, it's going to be important even psychologically, because I think the Bieber Cole matchup is probably the marquee matchup of all the series from a starting pitching standpoint. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 so I think whoever captures that, whatever team comes out of with, with the win, has a a pretty significant. No, I don't want to say significant, but I think they have the psychological edge going into the second game. Yeah, and I was going to say just that because you're basically knocking out the best pitcher, especially if the Yankees can touch up Shane Bieber. It's like, well, we just beat up the guy who's probably going to win Cy Young, and we just won. So why not win the next one? You know and Tanaka in the playoffs, he's, he's a really good pitcher. He, he exceeds what he does in the regular season. So, yeah, like you said, this beating Cole or beating Bieber in this first game, I think it just dictates what happens next. And I wouldn't be surprised if this series ends in a sweep either way, but I'm going to give the edge to the Yankees. Okay. So this one in the American League is your – I'm going to call it the upset just because of the seeding. Um, but uh, you have Tampa, Oakland, Minnesota, and the Yankees as as your teams coming out. So, listen, it's going to be interesting as it kicks off using the wrong metaphor, but as it starts tomorrow, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the postseason starts. And again, uh, we said it before. It's amazing that baseball got here, but um, you know, here we are, and and the postseason is about to begin. Um, a couple of things, Rob, before I let you go, um, and this is this is in the area of, you know, you know, not particularly relevant or or of, of anything in particular, but. Um, what are your thoughts on on Wilson Contreras, like throwing his bat almost out the stadium <laughs> <laughs> the other day? Um, and I get, you know, bat flips and I get, you know, we need to bring some personality and swag and all those things into the game. But, you know, the, the video that they showed on SportsCenter where they're showing the ball leaving the park <laughs> and then the bat <laughs> comes into the picture. <laughs> was hilarious right um i think the bat went higher than the ball at one point (laughs) (laughs) it probably did um but what are your thoughts on 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 that i mean we 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 saw some you know some uh 
interesting play that got a lot of notoriety. You know, Fernando Tatis swinging on three and zero and hitting the grand slam. We didn't talk about that before, but you know that people talked about that quite a bit. Um, but what what are your thoughts on this, Contreras? You know, moonshot of a home run and moonshot of a bat flip to go with it. What's funny is uh, I I didn't see it happen, so I saw the picture on Twitter. I think it was, and I thought it was a joke because <laughs> I was like, "What the heck is this?" Right. <laughs> so then I start digging around, and I'm and I see the highlight that the guy actually flipped his bat that high. I think listen, I'm all for like you know Tim Anderson showing the emotion and throwing his bat when he hits the home runs. And the way Tatis Jr. you know does his swag, I like like when Aaron Hicks hits his home runs, he kind of drops the bat, almost uh, like what Ken Griffey Jr. used to do when, when yeah. he used to hit his home runs. Yeah. Um, but that kind of bat flip, I don't know, man. That I think that was a, a little too much, a little too much. It, was, it kind of reminded me of uh, when Bregman walked the bat all the way down to first base um, in the yeah. World Series against the Nationals. I think it's, it's doing a little too much there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that was a bit much. And obviously, of course, he got plunked. And then there was a suspension, you know, for the pitcher who plunked him and, and, and so forth. Um, and then he hit another home run, I think, later in that same game. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, look, I, I remember, you know, a few years ago in the postseason, right, when Batista – like oh, yeah. through his bat, you know, and that was like a bat flip, but he that was a bat throw. He kind of like yeah. hit the home run and <laughs> just threw his bat, right? Um, you know, and so you you get it. I mean, you know, for some of of, of these players, especially in a big spot. Um, but look, I, I do think that baseball needs, you know, to celebrations, you know what I mean, from the players. And I think that's something that I believe more fans want to see than not. Um, But the Wilson Contreras one was something I have to admit, I've never seen before. And it was hilarious to see, (laughs) you know, the home run leaving the park and then the bat enter into the the frame. (laughs) I've never seen anything like it. So that, 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 that was really amazing. Um, The other thing I want to ask you is, um, what are your thoughts on yet another postseason without Mike Trout um, and, you know, the Anaheim Angels? Now, they just fired uh, their general manager, Billy Epler, um, yeah. you know, and so there's going to be some more changes there. But they just can't seem to get their footing, even in a year with expanded playoffs. But another postseason without Mike Trout. What, what are your thoughts on that overall? It's extremely disappointing because you want to see your best player at least try to compete. Like we saw with the, even with LeBron being out of the playoffs last year because he was hurt and the Lakers missed it, it kind of felt like something was always missing because LeBron wasn't there. Um, and that's kind of what I feel with, with baseball and Mike Trout. And we have all these great, great teams and great players spread around the league. But not having Mike Trout in the playoffs, at least just compete. I think he's only been in the playoffs once towards the beginning of his career. Um, I think it was like his third year in the league, maybe. Maybe his fourth. Um, And we haven't seen him in the playoffs since. And that's very disappointing. And you have this shortened season where 
kind of this is your opportunity. You made the big money signing with Rendon to add on, give him some protection in the lineup now that Pujols is declining. Um, but they don't have pitching. And that's kind of, you know, we what dictates the playoffs when we've been talking about it. You need pitching. You know, you yeah. can have a great offense, but you need pitching. And they didn't have that. And, you know, they have a couple guys who led the rotation that are maybe some good three, four, five guys in a rotation that can be the back end of the rotation to kind of, you know, cushion that. But it's very disappointing to not see Mike Trout in the playoffs on the big stage. You know, we're talking about Tatis Jr. and the White Sox talent and, you know, guys like that getting a chance to shine. And Mike Trout is at home. And it, it's, I don't know, man. It's, I, I think the move with getting rid of um, Epler as the GM, I think it was something that had to be done. And I think a lot of people saw it coming if the Angels didn't make the playoffs this season. But they just need to make moves to, to make something happen because I don't think Trout is going to be declining anytime soon. He's, he's going to be 30 next year. Um, but he's going to start losing a step in a couple years three, four, five years from now, he's not going to be best player in baseball, Mike Trout. He's going to be very good player, Mike Trout, eventually just good player, Mike Trout. And to not see the postseason, or that's when you get to the postseason where you've kind of lost the prime of one of the best players we've ever seen, lose that prime of his career to do something in the playoffs, it's very disappointing for the game in general that you know a lot of fans are not going to be able to see Mike Trout do his thing early in his career in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you. And I don't believe that in the other sports that we have ever seen in recent years, at least anything like this, where the undisputed best player in the game doesn't make the postseason, you know, put aside winning championships just doesn't even make the postseason, you know. Yeah. You talked about LeBron, and, you know, one of the reasons why LeBron was missed, though, was because LeBron's always in the playoffs. Yeah. Right? So last year when the Lakers didn't make it, to the extent he was missed, um, it was because we always see him in the playoffs. You know, you think about some of the better players in football, whether you want to say it's Tom Brady, whether you want to say it's Aaron Rodgers, right? These guys are in the playoffs, you, yeah. you know what I mean? And so, <clears throat> you, you know, you, you, you see the, you know, the so-called best player in the game competing in, in the postseason in these other sports. And that's what makes this so unusual, right? Because he's been hands down the best player and quite frankly, Rob, maybe with the exception of a year or two, it's not that he and his and the Angels have, you know, failed to qualify for the postseason. They haven't even sniffed the playoffs yep. many times. I mean, there's just been bad teams. And that's what I think is really sad um, for baseball. Um, and for, you know, for Mike Trout and for those who would want to see him play on the biggest stage that we don't get to see this transcendent talent play October baseball. That just doesn't seem right. It's one of the more remarkable things 
given, you know, like you said, maybe one postseason appearance in his career so far for the best player in the game just doesn't compute, man. It doesn't. And I think the closest thing that I can think of in baseball was um, A-Rod during his Texas days. And and I know there's a dark cloud over those times, but Texas was basically a last place team during A-Rod's tenure there. And many were wondering, is the best player at the time, the best player in baseball going to win a ring? Is he going to make the playoffs? Like, this is the, the guy, big money guy, you know, the young transcendent talent. That's who Alex Rodriguez was at the time. And, you know, it took him getting traded to the Yankees to finally make the postseason. And then, you know, eventually he helped win that 20, that 2009 championship. But, but yeah, it's, it's bad, man. Like the Angels, something has to happen in that franchise to realize, all right, we have this guy locked. He chose to stay here. He's not going to move on. You know, he signed a huge deal for the intention of staying with this organization to win baseball games. And he's been, he's been vocal about it. He wants to be in the playoffs. He wants to compete for a championship. And that's the attitude that he has to have. And I know that baseball is a little different than all the other sports, but there are so many moving parts. But I think the Angels really dropped the ball on this season specifically of any season because they had such a big opportunity with the expanded playoffs and just a short 60-game season to really make to just make the playoffs. You know, I think that would have been okay if they had made the playoffs, even if they get swept in that first round. But just making the playoffs with Mike Trout there, that makes a huge difference. And, you know, maybe Eppler keeps his job and we have a completely different storyline. But, you know, another year with Mike Trout at home in October, is it's not what the game needs. No. And when you look up at, at this year's postseason, you know, other teams made the moves necessary, not just in this off season, but in in past seasons as well, to put themselves in the playoffs. Teams like Toronto and 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 the White Sox, and you know Miami, as you said, benefiting from the shortened season, and San Diego and Cincinnati, right? So you 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 do see some some new faces and new franchises um, coming into this year's postseason, right? You know, you have like five teams that traditionally you don't really see in the postseason who are in this year's playoffs. Um, and yet Anaheim just can't seem to to, to crack um, the nut, so to speak. So it's unfortunate, but, you know, it's one of those things. And here's the thing, Rob, I don't think they're close. No, um, not at all. I don't think they're close right now. And so... You know, look, you never know. You know, sometimes you see a, a worst to first type scenario. So you never know what next year brings and we'll just wait for that. But um, as we, you know, embark on this postseason, it's yet another postseason without Mike Trout. And I believe that that is noteworthy yet again uh, for all the wrong reasons, unfortunately. Um, but anyway, man, um, you know, we have... We have your predictions in the books. Um, Dodgers, Cincinnati, uh, Chicago Cubs, San Diego Padres in the NL, and the Rays, the Oakland A's, Minnesota Twins, and New York Yankees in the American League. So, um, all right, man, do you have it? Do you, um, 
One last thing I'd ask you. When you watch the game, what are you eating? What, peanuts, Cracker Jack? What? What, what, what do you have? Uh, it actually depends on the on the week, man, and how stressed out I am watching the game. <laughs> so maybe I'll have some, <laughs> some, some cookies, uh, maybe some Doritos. If I'm in a chill mood, maybe I have some grapes, some fruits or something. But uh, the, the unhealthier the snack, the more stressed out I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what the Yankees do to me tomorrow. <laughs> if I'm eating okay. Doritos or some or a banana or something. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, if in the next couple of days, man, your fingers are orange, I know what's up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> You've been eating Doritos, Jack. Um, but listen, man, it gets underway um, tomorrow as we're speaking, and um, it, it should be exciting. So let, let's go um, and, and, and watch some... Uh, playoff baseball let's stay on top of it and let's stay in touch and come back as these series i mean look all these series will be done what by friday right yeah yeah probably yeah because game threes are on fridays if necessary so yeah friday if any game threes yeah they'll yeah. be done by then Right. So we'll, you know, we let, let's look to come back uh, as we get to the division series and, um, you know, go with the predictions there. But until then, let's enjoy the opening round of the 2020 Major League uh, playoffs. Um, should be exciting, man. But listen, thanks as always, man, for stopping by and giving us your insight and look forward to the, the series coming up and the catching up with you down the road. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. It's always a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it, man. All right. All right, Rob, take care, man. Rob Duran, Rob Duran sports, giving us the breakdown on the first round of MLB's postseason. Thanks, Rob. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, man.